boys. How are you? Terrific. I'm I am fantastic. Dee how are you? Yes. <laughs> We're gonna Okay. We're gonna talk about that reaction here in a little bit. But anyways, <laughs> here's my question. Um why the hell is Michael Strahan going to space? <laughs> This has been promoted all week long, actually for the last two weeks, but like this week it's obnoxious because Michael Strahan every morning on Good Morning America, when I'm sitting there drinking my coffee and watching my son run around, they're calling him an astronaut. No. Legit, they're calling him an astronaut. Him and all these other rich people that are just going to space. They're calling them astronauts. But anyways, why the hell is Michael Strahan going to space? Because we need a reason to pay attention to these other rich people. I don't know. Uh, it increases the risk factor, <laughs> the visibility. It's it, They're not astronauts, by the way. When you're just like on that cusp of Earth and you're just poking your nose into quote unquote space and may not even quite reach that level. Some do, some don't. Not an astronaut. Not happening. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's actually makes me mad. As a space lover, I'm mad. <laughs> yeah, Dan, you you would be like first in line for this. Um, I think I th- for me, the novelty of space is starting to wear off. Uh, I- I'm sorry, but like it used to be there are, there are these 12 people in the United States that have ever been to space. And now we're sending morning show hosts there. Like, come on, come on. No, the, the novelty is starting to wear off for me. And um, yeah, I don't. Like what's the, uh, is, is this part of a, a larger marketing campaign? Is it for a cause or did, <laughs> did somebody just choose him? Yeah. They just chose him. That's, that's all this is. There's no, there's nothing about this that has to do with the greater good. <laughs> None of it. Of course not. None of it. And it really makes me mad now because after watching this week of them and he's going to space when you're listening to this, Michael Strand may be in space. But like, I just wish they would just say that to us, like Jeff Bezos and all these rich people who have all this money and they don't know what to do with it. So they're going to space. I wish they would just say, hey, man, I'm rich. I'm going to space. But they keep saying it's like for, you know, it's it's for technology and it's for this and we're going to discover all these things. And I'm like, no, you're not because Michael Strahan's going. <laughs> maybe maybe Michael Strahan is just trying to get as far away from Terry Bradshaw as he possibly can. <laughs> Cause like a I don't long know if, season. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've watched uh their broadcast this year, but like all of a sudden Michael Strahan is not on the set this year. He's doing it from his own house because I don't know why. But I you know, now apparently that's not far away enough. He has to leave the earth uh so that they won't make him talk to Terry Bradshaw on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Which one of the, which two would you rather have on a rocket and never come back? Which of the two? <laughs> it would actually be Terry Bradshaw. I would right. Probably. Yeah. It actually probably would, but pick the wrong guy. This is like commercialized space flight. As much as it's like <laughs> exciting for somebody like me, it's yeah. It's like, Oh, we're not even that far into it. Right. Like two years ago, it was just the idea. And now it's like happening, but now it's happening to a point where it's almost too much. It's too annoying. We don't need Michael Strahan up there and we don't need to have all this coverage 
for like the inspiration for rocket. If you remember that there was a Super Bowl commercial, there's a wonderful series on a uh, short series on Netflix about it that had good reasons. There were good reasons for those people. It was for the greater good. There was always, there was a good cause behind all of that. I encourage you to watch it. That was the right idea. This is just like, yeah, I want to, why are you going? Cause he wants to. That's your answer. <laughs> and listening to these people talk about the training they went through. There is a kid who's like 20 years old on that flight. I, I just want to talk to an astronaut. That's all I want to do. Talk to an astronaut, a real astronaut. Say, how do you feel about people going on TV saying, huh, the training was intense. You don't train to be an astronaut in months, by the way. <laughs> That's the first thing. You can't, you can't, you simply can't. They need, we need another name for what that person, like space, space visitor. We need another name. <laughs> he has to sign the, uh, for, I am a guest sheet, right? Yeah. Yes, you sign tag. in when you, yeah. Cause yeah. you don't have a pass. Yeah. You have to sign in visitor. Yeah. These yeah. aren't astronauts. These are space visitors. <laughs> Uh, well, welcome to Sports Brunch, ladies and gentlemen. It is the last Sports Brunch of the year. Yeah, shed a tear out for that one. But we got a lot to get to today because uh, my two friends are very happy that Pitt is the ACC champion. And we're going to be talking about the controversial thing that happened in that game that is really affecting the sports nation. We're going to talk about that. Um, the 12, the projected, what would look like if there were a 12-team college football playoff. Uh, we're going to talk sports movies. We got a we got a pick. Is it pick two? Is it pick three? What are we doing? Three. Pick one. Pick three. We got to pick three, three sports movies. And also we're going to talk about whether that you are willing to sit at a sports event for and which one, which sporting event are you willing to break that rule for? And of course, what we're listening to and Bruce Day and all that good stuff. But before we get to that, Dan, please tell them where they can find the brunch breakdown and what's coming up on the brunch breakdown. Yes, yes, good people. You can find the brunch breakdown anywhere that you find podcasts. That's including your your major players, right? Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. New episodes come your way every Thursday. And like we said last week, we know that the majority of our listeners like to listen between the hours of 5 a.m. and 11 a.m. So makes it even more important to hit subscribe and hit follow. That way those episodes are ready for you at 5 a.m. Whenever you decide you want to be listening each and every Thursday. Uh, full video episodes also available every Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Those premiere live on our YouTube and our Facebook pages, both at the same time and are available on demand anytime you want to watch and listen. Of course, we're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Triller, TikTok, at Brunch Breakdown, Sounds of Brunch, new one every Friday on Spotify. Just search for Sounds of Brunch. And as you mentioned there, Didi, we've got a very, very special episode of the Brunch Breakdown coming your way next week, the return of the Brunchies. The Brunchies make their triumphant return as we recap what 2021 was with all the great categories and nominations rolling in. If there's any specific category or word you want us to give out, hit us up at brunch breakdown. We can't wait. Can't wait for the brunchies. I can't wait. What category are you guys most excited for? I don't know. Conference champion of the year. (laughs) Jesus Christ. 
I think moment. We usually do like a moment of the year. I think there's that's going to be the most unique and difficult one to try to pick of all the moments of all like the the stories and everything that we went over to try to capture a moment because the the betting odds for person of the year there's a heavy favorite you're not making much money we're not going to say who it is but i think we've discussed it internally who we believe person of the year will go to so i'm excited i'm hyped can't wait (laughs) well chris let's get bruise day started here man uh what are you sipping on this week sir um this is tying in with sports brunch this week boys because way back in september um pitt lost a very embarrassing game to a mac team a directional mac team called western michigan and at that point i decided i gotta switch something up uh, because obviously it's my superstitions that are going to make or break this season And so what I started to do was the night before each game, I would have one of these. This is from Voodoo Brewing. It is their non-trademark infringement alma mater IPA. And the reason it's called this, it's actually kind of a funny story. Um, There are Pitt alums that work at Voodoo Brewing, and they decided to make an H2P IPA. They did not know when they made H2P IPA that H2P was trademarked. (laughs) So they had to change the name of the beer. And so they fittingly called it the non-trademark infringement alma mater IPA. And they went like super generic with the can art. And it says like sports ball. I hope everyone has fun. Like they really took the (laughs) non-trademark infringement thing uh, as far as they could. And it's very funny, Um, but it's a good IPA. It has... It's kind of like mildly bitter, but you're going to get a little bit of fruit with this one. Um, Once I started drinking this the night before each game, Pitt finished the season. Let's see. They're 11 and two now. So they finished the season eight and one with me drinking this the night before the game. So it was a good superstition. I had just enough for the season. And I'm enjoying this one with you boys today during sports brunch. I'm going to puke during this episode. <laughs> like I'm already there. <laughs> like I'm really close. I feel like I should have sat this one out. Like I should have just. It was your idea to do sports brunch this week. I would say that <laughs> it was your recommendation. <laughs> yeah. I just, I didn't think this through. No, you, you guys show up with the same shirts and it's just, yeah, <laughs> a lot going on. Anyways, guys, uh, got a brew here from crown and hops brewing company in uh los angeles this is their freestyle versus ipa all right so here's an interesting fun fact about breweries in the united states there are only one percent of all breweries 800 like like 80 over 8500 breweries in the united states only one percent of them are owned by any person of color so this is crown and hops this is a black owned brewery in la and i'm giving them a huge shout out because I need to find this beer that everyone talks about. It's called the dopest IPA, literally called the dopest IPA. And I cannot find it anywhere. I even emailed them to find out where I can find it. And they sent me a bunch of places that had it. They're like, it's really popular. And I, they all told me they they don't have it. So anyways, (laughs) let's. Here we go live. I love the live taste. test. This is great. This is so much better than last week. I'm so happy. This is so much better than last week. <laughs> oh my God. So much better. 
but uh yeah check out this crown art this uh <laughs> crown art this uh can art pretty great got the I crown on it. it i love it pretty great um yeah this is awesome it's like it's uh west coast ipa it says with the east coast juicy backbone and uh it says on the can there's nothing more dope than hearing an artist freestyle and it's in these uh spontaneous moments that they made this beer so um i'm just really excited about it so check it out crown and hops uh freestyle verses if you can pretty sweet that's awesome that's awesome man and ironically enough that's that's so weird that you chose that beer for today because the beer i have for today uh is in the same category um it was it's a collaboration that was done uh at a beer fest that's held in pittsburgh every year uh that brings together the nate like the most of the nation's black minority people of color owned breweries and collect pairs them with um because a lot because there's a number of breweries there that are that are smaller right so they collaborate and they pair them up with another brewery and they bring these collaboration beers this is one from that festival from this year um completely honest with you it's the best beer festival on the planet period and i've been to a lot <laughs> and it's the best it, it truly is each and every year uh it used to be known as fresh fest um the the owners kind of went the the founders kind of went their separate ways and it's now called barrel and flow fest um and this is one of those beers through one of those collaborations um the pittsburgh owned brewery is abjuration and this beer is called sweet delight and it is an ale with peanut butter honey vanilla and milk sugar and i will tell you what amazing can art by the way amazing can art um and it's an ale keeping that in mind it sounds like it could be a stout right but this is an ale and it is damn good damn good so good and it's another reason as to why this beer fest is 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 my favorite one to go to each and every year these people do not mess around at this beer fest. This is such a unique, such a unique brew because it's, it's, it's again, it's called sweet delight, but it's not overly sweet. You get the peanut butter, you get plenty of that. You get this balance with this sweet touch of honey, but the vanilla and the milk sugar also kind of help balance it and make it smooth and very drinkable, just like an ale. Again, if you could put these ingredients and call it and and probably create a stout and be just as good, but the fact that it's an ale makes it that unique. And it's one of the best beers I've had all year long, no doubt about it. And that's why I love these breweries, this beer fest. The idea is fantastic. There are people that come from all over the nation. It was rated the number one beer fest in the country by USA today. So no joke, check out Barrel and Flow Fest if you can next year. And the sweet delight is what I'm enjoying here today. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I love, love it. it. Barrel and Flow Fest is much better than Fresh Fest, by the way. That's a much better name. Yes. <laughs> Even though the reason wasn't good why they had to change the names with the founders kind of not quite getting along anymore. It, and I think it ended up being a positive change in terms of the name for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So there you go. 
Well, I have a question in Brews Day to you guys uh, as we as we drink these. Cheers, by the way. Cheers, Cheers. Brews Day. Cheers, indeed. I have a question here, guys. Um, so it has been a huge month for me, and I guess this can kind of, I guess this will kind of go into like I might get it off my chest, anyways. So it's been a crazy month for boxing, like last couple months, right? I'm a huge boxing fan, and because of events being like pushed back because of like positive COVID tests and stuff like that. Like some fights that were supposed to be in the summer all of a sudden made this jam-packed fall of huge box- boxing matches that we've seen. Just Canelo, Tyson Fury, Devin Haney, a bunch of people that maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't. And some of the fights of the year have ended up happening. And I love boxing so much that I have to get ready for every single fight. And it's Wingstop and it's beer for me every single time because there's nothing in the world big, better to me than a huge boxing match. There's just nothing better than that, right? It's 48 minutes, you're focused, and that's it. And it's amazing. And I was wondering for you guys, what is it? What's the event when you're at home, specifically at home? And what is the beer and the food, the perfect beer and food pairing for you guys when you guys are watching, when you're getting ready to watch an event, one you've just been waiting all week or all month for? What is it? I could have bet every dollar I have that yours was Wingstop. <laughs> I almost grabbed the whiteboard, but you said it so quickly. <laughs> I was going to pull up that prediction. The, no, the I knew you thing. guys knew mine. That's why this is a question for you guys. I knew right. you guys knew mine. I was just like, let me get this out of the way. I knew you guys knew mine as soon as I, yeah. had, you know, as soon as I brought this up. But I was wondering, like, what is yours? Yeah, no, it's a great question. It really is. Um, for me, it's important to have the the balance, right? It needs to be a, it's beer. It's no doubt it's beer for me, but it's got to be a good drinkable beer. The sweet delight that I had that I just told you about is wonderful. That's not what I want to be having when I'm doing food and beer for a big event. Marshmallow beers, sour beers, those those don't fit the bill. Give me Give me a six pack of Pacifico. Go back to Old Faithful. You can't go wrong there. Or give me a, a hazy or a juicy IPA, right? One that's not just going to make me pound with a lot of dry. I need I need that balance to keep it to keep it smooth. Hazy, juicy IPA. Uh, good drinkable beer there too. Nothing with any adjuncts. Anything too crazy. Needs to be clean. In terms of food, I thought a lot about this one. This one's difficult. You go with easy answers. You know, is it pizza? Is it no? I'm going meatballs. Give me any kind, barbecue, Italian, Thai, meatballs, sweet and sour, whatever it is. Give me a crock pot, important crock pot, because we are at home. Crock pot full of meatballs. Keep that song bitch on warm, because this is going to be a three, four hour event, and I'm going to keep coming back to the pot. And I want those to be warm, stay warm throughout. You can give me a toothpick, or you can give me a meatball hoagie bun, and I'm going to be good either way. So popping those meatballs. Pacifico, IPA. What a night. What a night. What a night. What a life. <laughs> Dude, I love it. I love it. I wasn't ready for that. I love it. Give me a toothpick. The very specific. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, he's like wings and beer. And I'm like, well, it's a specific type of meatball. You got to use 80 20 ground beef. And got it in the slow cooker. <laughs> well, I should have been more specific. It's definitely an IPA, though. And one of the re- I ripped the beer last week, but when I had it with wings, though, <laughs> it was so much better. There's something about an IPA and yeah. hot wings that just the flavors just work with each other. And it's true. Ah, it's perfect. Love that. Chris, what you got? 
Yeah, I kind of went, um, two things kept popping into my mind with this one. Um, one was a burger and a lager. Um, those seem to go together to me. And I think part of why they seem to go together to me is because I would have those if I was at a game. So if I'm home watching a game, it would be kind of like that at the game experience of having those two things together. Loggers are, I think Dan might've mentioned it, you know, that's kind of falls into the, uh, the types of beers that are easier to put down and you're not going to forget everything that you just watched the next day. You know, like you can put a few of them down comfortably. They're easy to drink while you're eating, which you can't say that about all, all the other beers that are out there. Um, the other one was uh, like, and oh, in neither of these instances did I think uh, I would be preparing the food. So I would be ordering food. I would not be making the food. So I would like order a burger from Burgatory or something like that. And then I thought about the like I place to order a burger from. Right. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> then I, I also thought about like there are I mean, I just love Mexican food and Mexican food, like a burrito and a nice smooth IPA. I'm not trying to go bitter because, again, that's not going to fit very well. But like give me something tropical with some Mexican food does not apply. to The sport would be football, obviously does not apply to the sport at all. But uh, that's kind of in my wheelhouse, too, because if I'm sitting back and enjoying a football game for the night. Like I get on the couch, I'm not getting off. <laughs> okay. That's, that's where I am the, the, the rest of the night. I'm watching that football game. Um, and you can ask my wife that has happened a lot this fall. So, you know, a burrito kind of nestles you into the couch to just not do anything other than channel surf, watch different football games, sip on some type of, you know, tropical fruity IPA. It sounds like a good time. Mm, beautiful. I like it. Well, yeah, guys, I just had to ask you that question. I had to get, I had to get that question off my chest there. And I just want to give one last shout out and get off my chest to um, the idiots who run boxing. You guys got very lucky because you guys would never have done this. You would have never made boxing fans this happy by having all these fights happen when they should. And it would just never happen. So I'm looking forward to 2022 and just being annoyed again. So shouts <laughs> to all of you guys. Get that off my chest. Good boy. <laughs> go for it, boys. Uh, who? Dan, you go first. I feel like I've gone first the last couple of weeks. Sure thing. I'll go. I'll go first this week because yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take a side street here. This isn't gonna be sports related. I'm gonna go side street. I'm gonna talk like life skills here today, boys. <laughs> life skills, right? been uh, a little while since we've talked life skills, home ownership, those type of things. A little different, but in the same category. Okay. Um, everyone, and I do mean mo- well, mostly everyone, mostly everyone should learn and know how to change a flat tire. Okay. It's a basic skill. Okay. AAA is great. Uh, calling your brother, your dad, or your boyfriend, or your neighbor is great. Um, but it, when you really do it, it's really not that difficult. Um, this comes up because recently I had to change a flat tire um, again in my uh, fiance Shannon's car. And probably the fourth or fifth time I've ever had to do this. And luckily... I know how to do it. We get it done. We make it happen. We do it quickly. Um, I learned it back in high school. Chris, I remember we got a flat tire one time. We had to call like your dad was right down the street. 
right? We made, made that turn. That was like, the, I think the first time I had to like witness it. And then I just learned from there. Cause it was kind of like, we were like helpless, hopeless and flat tires an easy thing. People have it happen all the time. It might sound like dangerous to flat, to change a flat tire, but it's, it's not like jumping a car. I'm not saying everybody should learn how to jump a car because <laughs> that could be pretty scary as well. Um, but if you learn, it's pretty simple proper steps. You do need a little bit of elbow grease, which is why I said mostly everyone. It can't, you, you ha- have to tighten that son bitch back up on there or that's that, that tire flying off. So, but I think most people can handle that and it's important life skill. I'm sure as we move into time, it's going to be very easy for Gen Z to just pull up an app and have somebody there in minutes to change their tire for them. But Let's hold on to some of these like simple life skills so that we can pass these down to our children in generations and generations. So we're not paying somebody to do something that we can all really do. So take the chance, learn how to change a flat tire and it'll pay off one day. It will. I think you came up with a great app idea, Dan. (laughs) I just contradicted myself by creating that app. <laughs> I think we might need to talk about that off air. Right. Uh, yeah. Cha- well, so it's not, you're right. It's not hard to change a tire. It's surprising like to use a jack, how actually easily with your own arms, you can lift a car off the ground. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Which I remember the first time I did that was like my, cause my dad had me and my sister practice it in our backyard, you know, when we started driving or backyard in the driveway. And, uh, I remember being amazed. I was like, I'm lifting a car <laughs> off the ground. It was amazing. Um, the one thing I will say is, uh, so I, I, I had flat tires all the time when I lived in Oakland here in Pittsburgh is cause there were just like, there was just shit all over the street and I had to parallel park on the street. And so I would always be parking on tire or parking on nails and I would, I would change the tire there. Um, and that was easy. The one place I would not, I would probably call AAA is if I'm on like the interstate. If I'm on the highway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I'm not messing with, you know, doing it while 70 mile per hour cars are flying by me. That's not going to happen. That's when I call AAA and say, all right, boys, this is why uh, I'm a member. Help me out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Especially if you're driver's side, right? Yeah. Like, forget it. No, <laughs> no way. No way. No how. Um, but we're, you know, we're coming up on Christmas time and things like that too. The Christmas story, one of the most famous Christmas movies of all time, the Oh fudge moment that doesn't exist. If he knows how to change, if he doesn't know how to change that flat tire, if he had right our app, now, if he had our app, he wouldn't, it would, that would have never happened. It would have never happened. So I, I think that's why it's important. Um, guys, knowing how to change a flat is very important skill. Teaching that to your kids when they start driving or before they go to college or whatever is very, very important. Like, trust me, I I agree with you on that. But here it is. The time that it takes you to change a flat tire, AAA could be there. And then they show up with their huge jack, three pumps. (laughs) And then they're like, it's done. It's done. And you're sweating. You're like, I remember one time I had to like stand on the freaking thing to get the freaking bolts off my tire. Like I had to jump on it to get them off. Like I'm 
having AAA is great. Knowing how to change your flat is a good skill to have because if you're not on the highway in traffic, but if it's just rush hour time and you know it's going to take AAA a billion hours to get there, it's good to know that. It's it's good to know that. But like in any other regular ass time, guys, call AAA. They come and do it in two seconds. They just make you look really stupid for even thinking about it when they come. So <laughs> yeah. And also AAA has an app, guys, and you, you do. do it very fast and it's done. Just yeah. But everybody should learn still. But I hear you. Yes, everyone should learn. But Wait like you should Not also know to call AAA pretty quick. That's a game changer. The last time I tried calling AAA was like several cars ago at this point. And they couldn't find me. And now I'm just thinking, like, I ended up leaving my car on the side of the highway yeah. overnight because they couldn't find my car. And now I'm thinking if I just had a phone, they could just, you know, I could drop a pin and they would know exactly how to get to me. That's unbelievable. I never, that never clicked with me until you just said that. Oh, yeah. And you can, you, you can trace them too, right? You can trace when they're on their way to you. That's so you know a game how changer. Long it is. Yeah. Yeah. That like, doesn't mean it always be. The- doesn't mean it'll always be quick, but you can at least know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know where the AAA is coming from now, too. It's like you just they, they tell you it's like they send a text message to your phone. It's just like this triple. It's coming from Sal's blah, blah, blah on Banksville. Like it just tells you where it's coming from. And you're just like, all right, it'll be here in five minutes. OK, like that's awesome. Yeah. No, no, no. Forget this. This is going the wrong way. <laughs> so call AAA. That's what Dan was saying. OK, there you go. Basically, that's what it comes down to. Don't download the AAA app. Use code brunch breakdown. <laughs> that's it that's it i'm sorry dan i'm sorry but i i do think it's a good skill you are right on half of what you said yeah i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> chris get it off your chest uh cool i don't really have like a point to make with my uh <laughs> segment here today that's what this podcast is all about baby <laughs> <Why we're here. laughs> Um, but I just wanted to share my experience of being at, at a, a conference championship game that my team won. And I'm not going to drag on too long here. I'm going to focus in on one sequence of events, okay? Because um, my, my wife has wanted me, I think, secretly to like, she's wanted to see me cry for happy things like many times. She's wanted me, she was like, I feel like really anticipating me crying at our wedding. Didn't, didn't happen. Uh, anticipating me crying when our daughter was born. It didn't, that didn't happen. Um, because like the things, those big life moments were, were largely within our own control. You know what I mean? Like we are like, we should, we were already engaged. We set a date for like, I was relatively confident she wasn't going to get on the altar and say no. So like it, that was within my control. Knew it was going to happen. And then like, we knew the baby was going to come. We knew the baby was healthy. The baby was born. Like we expected that to happen. I don't know. I, I always told myself that one day my football team pit was gonna like win, win a conference championship. One day they were going to get to the point as a program where like that was going to happen. Uh, I don't know that I having now seen it happen. I don't know that like, despite me telling myself that for so many years, I think I actually didn't believe what I was telling myself because there was a three play sequence in this game. It was up 10 points. We got a 75 yard interception down to like a three yard line and scored went up 17. 
the next offensive play Wake Forest had, they threw a pick six and we went up 24 points and I started bawling. Like, (laughs) just like I'm 34 years old. I have never seen my football team win anything of consequence. And it like, it just all came out. It all came out. And I, I, like I said, I don't know that I have a point here, um, but it was one of the coolest moments of my entire life. And like, there were multiple other people (laughs) just by looking around because I stood up on my chair and kind of injured myself, but I saw like multiple other people having the same exact moment that I was having. So it was a great time. It's something that, that I always had hoped would happen. And, uh, I'm going to have a very, very fun, I don't know, eight or nine months enjoying this until football season starts again. And I know Didi, you're, you don't want yeah, me to cry I gotta, gotta for to football. I don't reactions. care. I don't care. <laughs> the reason if I cared, I wouldn't have shared that on the podcast Didi, but you know what? I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't. I cried at your wedding. <laughs> there you that, go. That is true. Actually. Yeah. I was just going to ask Didi, what was a, you know, Chris ran off through the most, you know, happy moments of his life and no tears, but. Didi, I feel like you you oh. might have a time or two, right? Uh, all of them. Surprisingly, <laughs> not so surprisingly, not when my kids were born. There's too much going on. Like I didn't have time. I don't know. <laughs> I just I legitimately didn't have time uh, to cry. There was like, what? Well, what are you doing? Um, yeah, I, but I'm a crier though, and I say that on this podcast all the time. Like I cry. I, 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 I that's just me. I cry for everything. But yeah, I'm. I don't know. How did Katie feel about you crying for that? Not anything else. He had a great line. So she did. She like the game started at after eight o'clock and that at at, you guys know is like basically her bedtime. (laughs) So she already told me she's like, I'm not going to watch the game. But apparently like uh, our daughter had woken up around 11. And so Katie actually like checked the score and saw that it was close. And then like 15 minutes later, checked and saw that we were up huge. And she texted me. I texted her back and said, I'm bawling. And she had this great line. She said, you're not bawling. You're hailing. For hail to pit. And I was like, damn, I married the right woman. Let's go. It's like she knew it was was coming. It's like she had that planned all along. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was great. So she supported it. She supported it. I think she's like, after our daughter was born and, and I didn't cry, I think she's given up on the whole like Chris showing emotion thing. I was happy. She was when, just happy that it, that it's possible. She didn't really care how at that point. Yeah, she was she's just like glad it was possible. That's right. The ACC like, okay, championship confirm. game showed her that I like I'm not full on Grinch. You know, like I can, I have a heart. I, congrats, guys. <laughs> I'm so close to puking. I want to leave now. Um, it was yeah. It was an emotional night. I will tell you. You guys will be there by me by my side. I am going to be a mess at my wedding. So I am already those are pre-registered tears already for that day, for that moment. And I'm gonna need both y'all hankies. So just be ready. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I cried a ton at my wedding. So there's I, I can't say anything about crying. I cry True. a lot. So yeah, that's it's part of the brand. All right. Well, since we just went on this long pit situation let's keep talking about pit uh sliding into it let's slide into the main course (laughs) fake slide uh kenny pickett 
uh, Heisman. Eh, he's not going to win it. Hopeful. Let's finalist. Go. Finalist. There you go. We'll go with that. Um, he scored the opening touchdown of the game on a ridiculous run that he fake slid, shocked the defense, shocked everybody, and scored. I thought it was dope. Chris, you were there. So did you even know that he did that? Did you know, oh, like, yeah. you, did you see, you noticed it? Yeah, we were pretty close to the field, but we were like on the side of the field that he was running away from. So he was running to the, the end zone that was far from us. But like, as he was running, we were seeing his back and you see him like start to go down a little bit. And, and we we're all like, okay, so he's sliding, which would have been a great play. It would have been like a 30 yard run. Um, but we see him go down and then pop right back up and come around to the right and go in. And like everybody lost their minds. Uh, I think everybody, it was cool. Cause yeah, I mean, I guess when something like that happens, you may not notice it and like need TV to tell you that it happened. But I felt like everybody in the stadium saw that and was like, Holy shit. Like that. You don't see that every day. No, it was absolutely incredible. And people are still talking about it right kenny was being interviewed today at a national radio tv show and still talking about it and whether or not you know he he said he had never thought of it even he had never it wasn't planned he never thought of he never practiced it it was just pure instinct that he was going that fast and he saw the defense start to let up a little and he figured yeah i can make this a nice 30 yard run or go 58 to the house and really open this thing up. I mean, it was just absolutely incredible. The call was incredible. It was so electric. I had, I lost it. <laughs> they were screaming all up and down. Um, it was it, it was one of the most amazing plays I had I had ever seen because no one's ever tried to do anything like that before. And I think it was just it was genius. That was great. I, I thought like everything about it. I didn't notice it until the replay. I just, you know, I'm watching the game and it was this like Robert Griffin and the other dude, they're losing their minds. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he did what? No. And then they show the replay and I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's incredible. Right. And yeah. so I know I just thought it was awesome. But um, what do you guys think of the controversy though? Cause a lot of people are angry. A lot of people are fake angry. A lot of people are just looking for something to talk about on a now Wednesday. Um, wh- what do you guys think about the whole, the controversy of it? Should quarterbacks be able to do a fake slide? Is that fair? I, uh, so like, I can't, I don't have a good barometer for like whether or not people are actually angry or fake angry, but it just feels like, the loudest people, which tends to be the case on social media are angry. And, um, I don't know. I feel like, like there's like a lot of like former players that are in the media now that have, are saying how they have a problem with it. And I kind of just feel like they're just like mad. They didn't try it. You know, (laughs) like, how can you, how can you be, there's, it's not illegal. There's no rule that says you can't do that. I think the unfortunate thing is, like we have to have a reaction to everything nowadays. So there's going to be a rule now because this happened one time in the history of football. And so we're, like people are going to, basically people are going to cancel Kenny Pickett's fake slide and you're not going to be allowed to do it anymore. Yeah. I think it's, 
inevitable, right? That there's going to be something because there's already a lot built in to protect quarterbacks, maybe almost too much in football. And why let, you know, let this go and there not be some rule else They're going to try to take advantage of it if there's no rule, but you're right. I think there's more people fake angry because yeah, former quarterbacks, Chris Sims, Carson Palmer, go suck a dick. Like you're just doing it because <laughs> you're just doing it because like, yeah, you're just angry and you need to be heard because if you agreed with it, no one would be talking about you and no one would care. But that's, that's the problem with today, right? Those are former quarterbacks and the fact that they're so up in arms about it. And then there's local media doing it for the same reason, because if you agree with it, all right, cool. We don't get, and then that that's it. But if you disagree with it, that's why it keeps being brought up and it keeps getting retweeted. It keeps getting shared because you are disagreeing with it and you are a former player, you're a media member, whatever it is. So I think it is, I think it's crazy, but it was an inc- crazy, incredible play that, yeah, we'll likely have to have a rule around it in the future, unfortunately. But, you know, can't just let the guy – he got to live in – we got to live in that moment for like a day, not even before people started throwing flames. And you can't use the word cheat. There was no cheating involved. There's no rule. So, obviously, you can't cheat if there's no rule to be broken. So, it's I'm trying not to get angry over the anger is what <laughs> I'm trying to say. <laughs> I want there to be a sports science thing on this to find out like the torque that went on his knee and like the probability of doing that and not tearing your ACL. Because what we should be talking about is the, like how unbelievably athletic you need to be to, to think of doing that in the moment and then do it and pull it off and score a touchdown and like, accelerate fast enough to still outrun everybody. And Oh, also like get to continue to play the game. Cause you didn't tear anything. It's crazy. When you look at like the still frame images, just like the photos of the point where he kind of put his front foot into the ground and dragged his back foot. You could tear your ACL from dragging your back foot. I don't know if you know that you could drag, you could tear that one or all of your body weight coming into your front. Let man, that, that shit was crazy. Uh, yeah. I thought it was, I, I just, I think it was amazing. And I also don't believe that he didn't like think of that or hadn't tried that before. I also don't think that the team is as like surprised by it either. I just, I don't believe that. I don't believe that that's something you did one time in the top of your head. I just, I refuse to believe that. And that's fine. I have no problem with it because imagine somebody just does that in practice one day. You're like, what the fuck? Just, what did he just do? Like, you know what I mean? Cause you're already, cause think about it in practice, you're already not going to hit him anyways. Right. So yeah. like, then he does that and you just kind of like, like he may have made someone else on the defense get hurt because he did that. <laughs> like it's, I like, I just thought the whole thing was fascinating. I, I loved it so much, but like, I understand why former defensive players are mad about it. Like I get why Ryan Clark is mad about it. I don't understand why anyone else is mad about it. Because if you right. play defense on any level of football, I get why you're like a little peeved about it. Because I, it kind of reminds me of like Patrick Mahomes does this tightrope thing on the sideline yeah. where he ends up getting like four extra yards all the time because you know you can't breathe on him near the right. sideline. You're going to get a mm-hmm. penalty, but he ends up getting first downs that way all the time. So it reminded me of that, but it's just like, eh, those are the rules. Like, we're not going to hurt Patrick Mahomes. And, and that's why I don't think like that. I don't think there's going to be a rule that comes in because 
I, I don't think you're going to, you're, you're still not going to hurt quarterbacks. Like the quarterbacks are mobile now. And Chris Sims, that the guys were slow. No, you were never running. Like I don't, <laughs> stop talking. Like, I, I don't know, but yeah, I get why defensive players are mad about it because that just turns into another thing that they have to like think about when they're playing or whatever, but anyone else mad about it radio hosts like i don't care what tim bins and mark madden have to say about that like Seriously. i don't know what sport tim bins ever played and okay mark yeah so you know respect what those guys do but i'm not going to i don't care what you i don't care what you think about a fake slide you have no mm-hmm. you have nothing to say about that there's nothing yeah like you should just be entertained so i'm always saying it's entertaining that, that's what i've been trying to say too like he made like okay so the acc championship game was the lowest rated of the power five championship games. Like only 2 million people watched it, but the game that everybody's talking about afterwards is that game because of that one play. And like, that's cause it was fun. It yep. wasn't Iowa doing <laughs> dog shit on both sides of the ball for the entire game, right? Something crazy entertaining happened. And we have to like not cancel all of the fun things that happen in sports because then like, it's just gonna, it's gonna suck to watch. And I think if you're mad, what you should be mad about is that the rule book in football has gotten so unbelievably hard to interpret that now defenders have to just stop playing when the offense is still playing. That's, I think, the problem, but is what it is. Yeah. Amazing play. Shouts to Kenny Pickett. They're going to show that play a million times on Saturday. And I mean, you could argue, I don't know if Bryce Young has a better play than that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, if the Heisman's one-on-one play, he wins. So, right. <laughs> so, well, let's, from that, let's go to this 12-team bracket. Let's throw it up. Uh, the college football playoff, if it expands, it looks like this is what it's going to look like. This is what it would look like if it started this year. Um, yeah. You guys love, do you guys like this or no? Are you guys excited about that? Would you want this? Well, I already know that you wouldn't, Didi. So. No, I don't want this. And there's reasons, but I'll let you guys go first. Well, for almost every reason that people say this shouldn't happen is why I think it should. Uh, so this will be fun. <laughs> um, first of all, the first four games are played on college campuses, which I think is awesome because college football in NFL stadiums sucks. Uh, second, I can look at every one of these four brackets and like pretty realistically see the top seed, the team with the buy, not making the final four. Uh, because like, I think Ole Miss in a shootout could outscore Alabama. Uh, I think Pitt could beat both Notre Dame and Cincinnati. Michigan State already beat Michigan. And like, when Ohio state beats Utah, Ohio state is still really damn good with a lot of talented athletes. We just saw Georgia get their asses kicked. So I could see how this would all play out in a way that suggests, yeah, we should incorporate more teams because there's not only four that can win the national championship. Yeah. I keep going back and forth on the 12 team playoff. And obviously it seems inevitable, Right. They they've delayed the vote until sometime in December, but it just seems like it's it's going to be implemented. And yes, truly, as a pit fan, you look at this and you're like, hell yeah, we're in the final four <laughs> We're we have a good chance of getting into the final four in this particular scenario. But um, this would create a lot more interesting bowl games 
than what we have on slate. Like the new year six are great, but they don't, they don't necessarily mean anything. There's nothing to play for other than just winning the bowl game, which yeah, is great. But this adds a lot more value to these games. Um, I think we have to do something with like the season though, because we're going to add one, two, three, there's going to be four games to get to the championship. Seems crazy to me with the schedule they already have in place. And you can't shorten the regular season. It's what 12 games. Um, so, but I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that, but if you, cause you, if you go 12, you have to go this route, you have to have the buys. Um, you know, that's what makes it difficult for those, those that, that first round team to make it. But to your point, Chris, in these scenarios, it seems like, yeah, a lot of these teams could be upset. Um, and in a year where everybody other than Georgia has been like, eh, maybe, maybe they could beat Georgia. Now, Alabama certainly just did, but I also don't think Georgia was giving it their all. Watch that game. They <laughs> I don't think they cared all that much. They're like, yeah, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks anyways. <laughs> um, so that's why in a year like this, it's like, wow, yeah, this is exciting because there's talent everywhere and there could certainly be some chaos. We see it in March Madness all the time. Chaos in college football would be great. So we don't see Alabama in the championship game every year. Clemson, obviously not in, but in the championship game every year. Uh, it's nice to have some fresh blood in Michigan and Georgia and Cincinnati's getting their chance, but you know, this certainly that makes things more exciting. And those other games besides the final four more exciting. Listen, I'm thinking about the kids here. Everything you say about making these games mean more has everything to do with fans, right? I'm thinking about the kids pit. Okay. You guys pit. They have this amazing season. They win the ACC championship game. And then in this scenario, they end their season in December in Indiana. They lose. You end your season in Indiana. Not in, not in Atlanta, not at the Peach Bowl, in some awesome city where regardless if you win or lose, you're in an awesome city. You do the gift suite. You're happy, so happy that you guys won the ACC championship game. It's like you won something. This is just throwing you in a tournament, and it's like, okay, you lose. What? Like Oklahoma State, they get to go lose in Mississippi. They like you get to end your season in December, Utah, and Ohio. Like, what? Didi, no. if if you told any player no. on Pitt's, if you told any player on Pitt's team right now that they could choose between the Peach Bowl or the playoff, they would choose the playoff. No, they wouldn't. Yes, they. I would. refuse to believe they would. I because refuse so, to believe they you would. understand how many I'm players about the kids. How many players like because they don't make the playoff, just don't even play their bowl game. But if they were in the playoff, they would play. I don't believe that at all. I see. I don't. It's but it's over. It's overblown. How many players don't play in the bowl games? Like it's overblown. Like there are a few amazing players who don't. But play no, in bowl games. no players opt out of playoff games. Bryce Young is not opting out of his playoff game because he knows his draft stock is good. I just just think I don't know. I just don't think that it should just turn into all of a sudden you do this amazing thing in the season. And then you're, then your season, if you lose that first game, actually, yeah, if you lose that first game, it's like your season meant nothing. And that's what it will turn into. 
it will turn into that your season meant nothing. Like you didn't play in a super six game. You didn't play in like one of the big six games. You didn't do that. It's like, you just, yeah, you just went to Notre Dame and lost, or you went to Columbus, Ohio and lost. And it's like going to the sugar bowl or the fiesta bowl or whatever the bowl is. It means something. It's not like you're going to, I'm not saying the Birmingham, whatever the fuck bowl matters or whatever. The, like West Virginia is playing in the guaranteed rate bowl. I don't like that. None of that matters. I'm talking about the games that actually matter because I'm just thinking about West Virginia winning the the Big East and going to the Orange Bowl. And that is those times were awesome. And it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you could lose that game. You know, you could go lose and, you know, you had a shot at winning the championship. But really, you know, you just lost and you had to go play in Kansas or some shit. And I'm like, uh, I rather I, I like bowl games. I think I just have, I just love this. I love bowl games. I don't think all these teams need to have a chance to win a championship. I'm just like, you had your shot. Don't lose to Western Michigan. You're in the conversation. Like don't lose two games. You're in the conversation. Like you have your shot. We have your tournament. It's called the season and we had it. Yeah. We don't but, need another one. Yeah. I don't agree with that either though, because like th- you have your season, but then like at the end of the year, it's, it's subject to what a group of people think. And like, in this model, you can win your conference and automatically get in. So like you understand what the path is. It's not like we're Cincinnati and we hope at the end of the year, we've made this committee of people think we're good enough to put us in the final four. So I don't know, man. And like, I guarantee, I can guarantee two things. Michigan's not going to win the playoff. They're not going to win the national championship, but I guarantee you when they start their season next year, they're going to hang a banner that says they made the college football playoff. And I think that's where college football is going. Like that, that's the barometer. If you made the college football playoff, it's considered one of the very high achievements. I don't think, um, I don't think there's any doubt. It is, but that's because they won. They're in the top four and they're going to go play in the, whatever bowl they're going to play in but that's what i'm saying their season in random college town sure but so like you know in these situations utah hangs a banner that says we made the college football playoff people hang banners for making the nit well people if you go into pitt's media guide they're going to tell you how many times they played in the bbva who gives a shit bowl okay (laughs) like we recognize this stuff (laughs) <laughs> Didi, in your in with what you said, I'm curious. I know we're looking at 12 here, and 12 seems to be the likely scenario. But in your taking what you said in consideration, what about eight? And those first four are the Sugar Bowl, the uh, Fiesta Bowl, Peach Bowl, Rose Bowl. Those are those major bowl games played on those sites, and then those semifinals are the Cotton Bowl, the Orange Bowl, and then your championship. Is that a more ideal scenario for you? Does that kind of change your mind? To me, that's more ideal. Like putting, just having teams on random college campuses in the mid, in December is awful. Like just having to go play at at Notre Dame in December sounds like the worst trip of all time. It just does. Like, I don't, (laughs) I don't want to go to Ohio. I don't want to go to Mississippi. I don't want to go to Waco. Like, I don't want to go to any of those places. You know what? In December. I, I, that I will give you. If we just saw what happened on Monday Night Football with Buffalo in New England in that absolute joke of what they called a football game where Mac Jones passed the ball three times. If a playoff game was in that scenario, 
I'd be furious no matter who the team was. Um, so I don't know how you get it. Yeah. You'd have to take it off of college campuses. I think college football games are way better on college football campuses, but you're right. You make a good point. If you're playing in December and January and anywhere North and all Amen. of a sudden weather plays that much of a factor and whether or not you make a, make a playoff win. Listen, that could be upsetting. If, if number five, uh, Minnesota is hosting number 12 pit pit. You should have had a higher seed, so you didn't have to go play at Minnesota in December. That's part of it. That's all part of it. That's all part of it. Because, you know, like, <sighs> you know, Pitt, Pitt doesn't get to decide if the ACC puts them, I don't know, north in December at the end of the year. So it's part of it. You got to go play Rutgers in December. Nobody likes that. Penn State, it's cold there. It's part of football. It's how it works. That's terrible. I just, I just think the kids deserve more. They deserve better. That's. I all. like eight too. If for for what it's worth, I like eight too. I like an expansion of this because I, I like like I kind of walk through at the beginning of this. I think there are more than four teams that could win the national championship. I don't think on most years, uh, everybody is invincible, and I think more football is better for me. So let's do it. <laughs> I want the BCS back. Give me two teams <laughs> <laughs> with the option of three on a good year. Like that's all. Yeah. Give me that. <laughs> What's Olivia think? Uh, I don't know. She's just pressing her face up against the glass of the door right now. I think she thinks our entire discussion is a, we're, we're making a mockery of college football. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Well, uh, sports movies. Let's get to it. Let's we have a sports it. movie. Pick three here. Let's get to it. Since it is sports brunch, let's have some fun with some sports movies. All right. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of great ones here. Dan, go through them. Hit it. Yeah, this is an incredible graphic, right? Because I think it's got some of the classics, but some of the newer age ones that you may not necessarily consider a sports movie, but they are. That's what makes this so unique and so great. So, you only keep three. There are 15 movies here. They are Friday Night Lights, Remember the Titans, The Water Boy, He Got Game, Love and Basketball, 42, The Sandlot, Moneyball, Coach Kate, Hoosiers, Rocky, Mr. Kate, Mr. Kate, Happy Gilmore, Dodgeball, Miracle, and White Men can't jump just an incredible collection of yes sports movies this is great i like this because it lets you like you know sports movies is a genre but within that genre there's a lot of different you know paths you can take serious dramatic comedy you know romantic there's there's a lot of different ways you can go there are (laughs) there are four movies on here that i hate so much Wow. So maybe it's not that difficult for you. So this is called no, no, You Can Keep Only Three, but Didi's going to go with You Can Hate Only Four. All right, Didi, who, <laughs> which ones are there? There are 15 movies on this list. So there's really only like, there's really only four that I, I mean, I'm talking about like, if you asked me the worst movies of all time, I would, I would put these four movies on there. But yeah, oh, but this is a great list though, mainly because of that too, because I know people love these movies. I just am like, ah, not for me. 
well, then you've got to go first. Based yeah. on all that, you've got to tell us what three oh. you are keeping and what I mean that you got to know your hate list too. See, this is hard though, because it's it, once you get to the good ones, once you get rid of those four bad ones, okay. like, you know, the rest of the list is great. Yeah. So can uh, I guess the bad ones for you, Didi? I feel oh, like please. three of us know. I each know. Other Let me get the whiteboard out. Hit it. Um, <laughs> I know the Sandlot is on there. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like Hoosiers is on there. Thousand percent. Okay. So that's, those are the two I knew for sure. I'm also going to guess that Adam Sandler is involved. Yep. Yeah. At least one. Is he involved once or twice? (laughs) (laughs) Once, not twice. Once. Okay. I'm going to say Waterboy then. You're wrong. Oh, happy Gilmore. I actually love Waterboy and I loved all the Brian Kelly Waterboy memes from this past (laughs) week. They were all great. (laughs) How is that not on the menu? My family. My family. It's a great day to be a tiger. The hell are you doing? I haven't won all my games yet. Dude, it's gonna be funny when they go like eight and four and they're ready to fire him down there. Like, Wait, yeah, did you guys see hilarious. Mario Cristobal was hired at Miami and he spoke in Spanish <laughs> and somebody took the Spanish clip, the Spanish speaking clip, and was like, if Brian Kelly got hired at Miami speaking in <laughs> too good. Okay, so we know yeah. it's the Sandlot, we know it's Happy Gilmore and Hoosiers. What's what's the fourth one? Oh, miracle. Can't stand it. Oh. oh, trash. Wow. Trash. That's a gut punch. Yeah. yeah. All right. Those so what do you like? What do you, what do you, what do you, <laughs> what are you keeping? If you're only getting three out of this, we know which four you have no problem with. Okay. Removing, but the third one's tough, but here's the thing. All right. Rocky keeping it. Rocky, everything, any, any of the Rocky movies, except five could have been on here and it's getting picked. Like even Rocky Balboa, the sixth Rocky all the creeds get i want all the rocky all right uh love and basketball has to stay love love and basketball and then it gets tough because i could go other ways white men can't jump here's why there is a scene with rosie perez in it and when i was too young to watch this movie i didn't know what sex was but I knew that she had something to do with it. And I wanted to know about it because that scene is life-changing. And if you haven't seen it, I suggest you go check out white man can't jump. Cause Rosie Perez, anytime I see her on television, I'm like Rosie Perez, man. First crush after that. That's it right there. So white man can't jump Rocky loving basketball, picking those three. It's a tough one. I could go a couple other ways, but those three. Wow. Wow. For me, <laughs> I'm probably going to make TV mad with some of my picks then. It's fine. I can um, listen. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. what you're it's keeping watching. Three for me. It's yeah. what you're yeah. watching. Not what Didi and I are watching together on a deserted <laughs> island. That's not the list. That's Sister yeah. Ag, too. We yeah. already know that. <laughs> <laughs> like, we already know that. We already know that. Like, yeah. True. That's true. Sister Act 2 and Drumline. Um, <laughs> and then 8 Mile. Like, what right. are we yeah, oh, yeah. Throw that It's in no there. longer a deserted island. Hey, can I island. guys like, come to your deserted island with you? That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So for me, I have to start with Happy Gilmore. I do. I absolutely 
love. That's like funny Adam Sandler, not really what he's doing now, but that's like OG funny Adam Sandler. Uh, there's like a connection with that movie that I have with my now fiance. So there's like a little bit of a moment there with it. But to me, it's always, there's still some stuff I just crack up in that movie. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I can't, I can't lose that movie. Happy Gilmore. Um, number two is 42. Amazing movie. Amazing movie. It made me think of 61 just because of the number, which is also a very underrated movie and could probably be on this list. But 42, the Jackie Robinson story. How could you not? 42. And then I'm going to go with this third one was hard, but I'm going miracle. I am. I am. I, that moment in time in history to be able to kind of pull back the curtain and be able to relive that story since there wasn't, you know, the, the, the cameras weren't around tracking and, and following that team, a bunch of college kids to be able to kind of relive that story. And I think the, the acting in it was, was pretty phenomenal. So I'd have, I think I'd have to go miracle. Not mad. Chris, Chris, what do you got? Those are, those are, those are our three for each. Now, what do you got in your list? I have miracle on mine as well. That's one of my three miracle is I've watched quite a few. I mean, I guess there's not a ton of hockey movies, but I feel like I've watched most of them and it's hard. I think to capture the, the gameplay and like the speed of hockey and the hits and the goals and like the technique of playing the game. And I, I mean, I feel like miracle did it really, really well. And obviously it's a, you know, historic moment in time. So I have miracle. I did want to get a comedy on here. And um, as a former dodgeball player, I had to put dodgeball on here. Dodgeball to me, <laughs> I did play collegiate dodgeball. It is, a, it's kind of a stretch to say that it's a sports movie, but it has some of just like the best <laughs> one-liners of all time. That's back when Vince Vaughn was in like a series of movies where he knocked it out of the park, right? Like Wedding Crashers, uh, Dodgeball. I can't remember if it came before or after that, but he had a few movies there where it was like almost everything he was in, you left the movie theater with like five lines that you were talking about for months. And then my last one is Friday Night Lights because Friday Night Lights is the best football movie ever made. Come at me. I don't care. You're wrong. Friday Night Lights is the best football movie ever made. And uh, it's always on my list to watch kind of like when training camp starts in the summer to get amped up for football. Man, it's so good. So those are my three. Friday Night Lights, Miracle, and Dodgeball. And I'll admit, uh, there are quite a few on here that I've never seen. I have not seen He Got Game. I have sadly not seen 42. I have not seen Moneyball. And I think that's it. He got games good to watch. It's an interesting rewatch. Um, the world has changed a lot. Uh, Moneyball. Do you get Moneyball? It's just boring to me. I don't hate it. <laughs> I get what it does. I get the reason why they made the movie, but I just, I've seen it twice and I thought it was boring. I, like, I thought it was Oscar season. I tried so hard to like, like it. And I just couldn't. 
I think the reason it was interesting for me, and I've only seen it once, was because of like the that was I feel like Jonah Hill's first yeah. opportunity where he really changed and became a serious actor. And because of that, it was it made it more fascinating. If it was somebody else, maybe not as much. And again, I've only watched it that one time, but I think that was part of the fascination for me. It was like this guy that was a joke basically in all these movies became a serious actor all of a sudden. Yeah, it was that, yeah. and then he was in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one movie on here that I'm kind of embarrassed that I've never seen. Can you take a guess? Remember the Titans? No. No. That, would that be was close. That That's was close on, on my list. TV but... like 17 yeah. times a month. It's a pretty big, I... pretty nice, pretty, pretty... Hoosiers. Oh, uh, don't be embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, oh, really? You guys are in the club. <laughs> We're on an island together. <laughs> no, I've seen it. I've seen I bet it's, I don't know. It was probably Everybody talks lot... about it though, right? It's like, oh, it's so good. So good. Is it just old people that say that? I don't yeah, know. It was probably a lot cooler in the eighties. Yeah. I, I mean, it. I, I don't hate it. I know Didi hates it. I, I think it's fine, but it's not like go out of your way to watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. The reason people like Hoosiers is because every, basically every movie on this list is structured after Hoosiers. Because Hoosiers was like the sports movie that gave you the like same arc that every sports movie kind of gives you, mm-hmm. you know, whether, you know, it's like know, all the stories are different, but kind of the way they move is exactly the same. Hoosiers is the first one that like did that. It's like the blueprint for it. Yeah. So, like I get that part of Hoosiers. It's just like, I am, I'm not into any of the rest of it. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Good. I don't feel bad. But yeah. But I mean, if you watch it, like, I mean, you know, it's a sports movie. If you're like bored at, I don't know, you can't sleep at 3 a.m. Turn on Hoosiers. <laughs> uh, final thought. I would like to uh, sub in the big green for Sandlot. See, that changes everything. Should we redo this segment? <laughs> <laughs> like, there were a couple, like, because you, you like Friday Lights the movie. I love the TV show. I didn't, the movie's fine. I think the football play in that movie is amazing. I don't know how they shot that. And I don't think it's ever been shot better in the movie about football. So, but you know, we have a big sports movie coming up though. Guys comes out on Christmas day. The Kurt Warner movie. Oh gosh. (laughs) Hey, you know what? We, we ripped that thing to shreds and like, I've seen some, um, because I think what didn't we see, it was like a behind the scenes, like making Uh of, and then, like, now that I've seen some of the previews, I still think it looks kind of doofy, but, oh, like, n- not as doofy as, as that behind-the-scenes thing looked. It looked awful when I watched that. If we had to watch one, would you rather watch that or something we haven't seen a preview for yet is the uh, Sean Payton movie that has to do with when he was suspended for a year. You both don't know, apparently don't know about this. It's a movie about the year where he was suspended, and I kid you not, he is being played by Kevin James. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Sign me up. Now you want that all of a sudden? Sign me up. Sign me up. I'm in. Kevin they both could be hot Hayden. disasters, I think. Like, but yeah. What on earth, how is there any resemblance there at all? I know it's not all about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's got to be losing a ton of weight for that. I just don't. And I don't. I don't know, but it's in production. I'm here for it. <laughs> Let's go. There you like, go. I Something to look forward to. Watch the hell out of that. Wow.
Um, boys, I guess let's get into what we're listening to. We've been going for a minute. Uh, yeah. Let's get to what we're listening to this week. Um, Dan, get us started. What are you listening to, man? So I'm going completely off the wall. This is Whoa. very random of me this Here week, we but um... churches. <laughs> Um, there wasn't a ton of great new music out this week. It was kind of a letdown coming off of Thanksgiving. It, nothing super exciting. Uh, but fortunately, uh, we're in the middle of kind of watching this series on Netflix called This Is Pop. If you are into music at all, I encourage you, watch watch each of them. They each going to go through a moment, a group, an artist in history that influences pop somehow, some way. It's it's very fascinating. I'm obsessed with it. Just recently watched the one called The Boys to Men Effect, and I was very intrigued about it and just like makes you really reappreciate what those dudes did and what they sounded like and the just incredible music that they created. So I'm going all boys to men this week on the playlist, starting with end of the road um after motown philly this was their next huge hit right it's a song that babyface had um they he called their manager he's like gotta get your boys in here and sing this song and then he's like all right cool get them in there record it and then their manager's trying to call his boss and be like hey man we got this we got this song I want you to listen to it and he kind of like brushed him off they released it anyways it becomes huge takes off the last like 25 seconds where they kind of sing acapella and they're just like clapping literally gives chills down my spine every time I listen to it. It's like my favorite 30 seconds of music, like piece of music, just that 30 seconds. I absolutely love that gives me chills. So boys to men, end of the road. The This Is Pop series is amazing. Yes. Thank you. It's amazing. Like, Chris, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Yeah, just a right. handful on, of episodes, but it's on really Netflix, good. Netflix. On Netflix, yeah, yeah this right. is pop. Because there's one about the auto tune in T Pain, oh, and that boy. one's super good too. Yes. Um, but yeah, those two episodes if you're gonna watch. They're great, and they're just an hour, right? Maybe the yeah, like 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, they're not even long. It's just, but the boys to men effect is wild because you just like remember how big they were, and then it's like gone. They were and gone. It just kind of tells you yeah. why. Like, so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Well, Chris, what are you listening to? Yeah. Speaking of which they were on a Christmas episode of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So tis the season. Check that out. Baptism. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, MXPX is one of my longtime favorite pop punk bands. They put out a live album called Southbound to San Antonio. And, uh, you know, if you're kind of getting into the new, wave of pop punk and you you want to know where a lot of the sound is that you're hearing where where that's coming from uh i mean mxpx are kind of like the godfathers of pop punk they're they're unbelievable they continue to do it well to this day and you should listen to this album because it, it it as a live band as a live pop punk band, I don't know that anybody else's music is more on point in a live setting, like from vocals uh, to guitar, to bass, to drums, everything being in concert together. 
uh, alignment, timing, and uh, again, vocals. I mean, the vocals are just so, so, so good live for MXPX. I would recommend you check it out. I'm going to put tomorrow's another day on the playlist, but if you listen to that and you like that, definitely listen to the rest of the album because they are one of my favorites of all time. Nice. All right. Well, uh, speaking of documentaries, uh, Dan mentioned one. Kenny G has a documentary on HBO Max. Let's what? go. It is called You're Listening to Kenny G. And it is amazing. It reminded me, and this is going to sound a little crazy, but listen, it's the brunch breakdown. So you guys will feel me. I don't care about anybody else. It reminded me of how I felt when I was watching, when we were watching the OJ show and like the OJ documentary, because Kenny G is something that I knew my parents listened to a lot of Kenny G. They went to his concerts. His Christmas album was probably playing at my house right now. Like, (laughs) but I didn't, but you know what I mean? I was too young to know the height of Kenny G and how big that actually was. Kenny G sold 14 million records of instrumental music in 1992. Like wild stuff. Yeah, And it just goes in the documentary just goes through like, you know, his life, how he grew up and just his height and just how, how his impact on music has just like, you know, how he completely created a format. The smooth jazz format didn't exist before Kenny G. I had no idea that that was a thing. Like he created radio stations, like just wild, the the effect of Kenny G and he had on music and stuff and all the people who hate Kenny G and make fun of Kenny G. That's all in there too. It's, it's amazing. HBO Max is a 14 day free trial. Like I have HBO Max, so I'm telling you right now, it's worth it. Then sign up, then cancel it if you want, whatever. Just watch the doc. It's fascinating. Putting Songbird, Kenny G's huge hit. <laughs> Songbird's going on the playlist. Shouts to Kenny G, the goat. Like after watching that, I'm like, Kenny G's the god. So your to-do list from Didi is one, listen to Kenny G, two, get HBO Max, and three, encourage your children to participate in band. Pick up a saxophone. Dude, yes. I did. It made, Kenny G made me do that for a year. Like I, <laughs> I joined, I was in the band for a year. That was it. Because I didn't sound like Kenny G. So I was yeah. like, eh, this is taking a little bit. <laughs> That's another thing. Dude practices the saxophone three hours a day, every single day. He's done it since high school. One it's, hell, one hell of an embouchure. Shit's wild. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm definitely checking that out. Dude, Same story with me with my parents. Kenny G, oh. hated him, hated the sound, but now I'm, I'm, I'm a stand. I'm all for it. I love <laughs> Kenny G. Yeah, I'm there. It's incredible. Um, well, let's keep with that theme. Um, <laughs> More Kenny, Kenny G. G, smooth jazz, right? It's gonna get you in the mood a little bit. Going back, boys to men. I'll make love to you, of course. Off their huge album, too. Uh, another chart-topping smash. We just don't get like vo- vocal performances like this anymore, right? We get it from Adele, and that's it. But the harmonies that these guys were able to do together are literally second to none. And so, tis the season. You get cozy by the fire. Throw this bat. Throw on some Kenny G. And then throw on a little Boy Cement. I'll make love to you, and you're welcome. Yeah, there you go. That's that's beautiful. And there you're you listening to the this brunch is, breakdown. This, this week's playlist is going to set a vibe. <laughs> yes, it Seriously. is. <laughs> um, 
So the next artist I want to put on the playlist is Aries. And I've put Aries on the playlist a few times in the past. Uh, like he has that, I think that Roxanne song, right? And then um, Santa Monica is a song I really love. He put out a new album recently. I don't know exactly what, I'm probably going to put a few songs from it on the playlist because there's a lot of really good ones. Um, his album is called Believe in Me, Who Believes in You. Um, the song One Punch is really good. Kids on Molly is really good. I might throw another one or two on there, um, but it's, I don't even know how I, f- I think the sounds of brunch sent me to this guy and uh, I really, really have enjoyed it. So I hope you enjoy it too. Nice. Well, I am going to uh, throw on the playlist snail mail Valentine, because we are in the middle of end of year list season. So I love end of year list because I can't listen to all the music or watch all the movies or TV shows or whatever. So like stuff that I watch or listen to in the future, it's because of some list. I'd be like, oh, read the write up. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. So Stale Mail found that from their song called Valentine. It's the first song on the album called Valentine. And it is incredible. Like it goes eight million different places. And I am just obsessed with the song. So check it out. Stale Mail Valentine. Nice. I love it. Um, you had the look on your face, Dan, that you had already put it on. And I was just like, staring <laughs> at your face, like, damn it. Dan's about to fucking smoke me for this. No, you're clear. You're clear it's there. What you are listening to. Uh, last one for me, keeping it boys to men. I know everybody's heard these songs before, but literally just, yeah, all boys to men this week. It is. There's nothing else good came out. I know people have heard these songs before, but just trust me and listen to them again. Appreciate them again. Of course, the last one has to be Motown Philly. Um, how could you not put this on? This was their first song. It was a huge, huge hit. Lyrically, it really makes no sense why this song is so popular. It's like, and all the Philly steaks you can have. Like, what? <laughs> how is this on the radio? Um, but the song is just so good. You don't care what they're saying. If you really think about it, like, they're like calling their shot and like telling you their story. And you're not, but like the song is that damn good. You can't help but love it. Motown Philly. It's boys to men week on the playlist. I hope everybody enjoys. It's that beat, man. Yeah. Back in school, we used to dream about this every like. <laughs> Gonna mash up with Kenny G on that song. That would be dope. I mean, the weekend did it this, you know, this year, and it was amazing Perry, yeah he's the one playing the sax on friday night yeah let's go uh okay i have to finish it with something pit so uh the third down song for pit all year has been mo bamba so i'm putting mo bamba on the playlist baby uh because pit is acc champs shouts to mo bamba last i heard of mo bamba he was trying to get into the g league the NBA G League. Oh, well, so. Mo Bamba and Sheck West, we need to put like a missing person notice out because I don't know what either of those two guys are doing right now. <laughs> Have you All listened right. to sh- any of Sheck West's other songs? Oh, yeah, dude. It's not Some good. of it's good. Kyrie. That's my favorite. Okay, one. so his songs named after NBA players are good and the rest of them aren't any good. No, no. But Kyrie <laughs> okay. is, is great. Kyrie is a jam. Love Kyrie. Uh, all right. My last one here is a new song. 
Justin Bieber and Juice World, and this just made me sad this week. Wandered to LA, and it's Juice World who his I think his passing was like a year ago, like Monday or a year ago, Tuesday, yeah, or two years ago, Monday or two years Tuesday. Right. Anyways, Wandered to LA. Tim and Justin Bieber. I don't know when this song was made. If it was made before he died, or if it was made after. I don't know. All I know is it's great, and it just makes me just. So bummed out, but it also makes me happy because the song's great. Because Juice World was a, a great gift that we got for like a couple years. So, anyways, Wonder to LA, Juice World, Justin Bieber. It's a weird way to talk about a song, but it just makes me feel like, oh, this song's great. And then it's like, oh, damn it. But yeah, Juice World, Justin Bieber, Wonder to LA. Pretty emotional play playlist this week. <laughs> it's up and down. <laughs> it's up and down. <laughs> Well, boys, any final thoughts today on the uh, brunch breakdown? I'm going to predict that I don't cry at all the rest of this calendar year. That's three okay. weeks. That seems That's reasonable. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Um, I'm just excited for the brunchies next week. We've got a lot of awards to give out, and it's one of our favorites, so... Certainly have everybody stay tuned and join us back here next week for what will be a unforgettable episode. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> there I are bound wait. to be t-shirts to be made based on some things we say. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Brunchies next week. We're out. Peace.